Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hotline League. This is the episode of the week where the LCS starts officially for 2024. It's going to be an amazing episode. we got so much to talk about. As always with me is my co-host, none other than Cubby. Cubby, how's it going? Uh, great. You know, um, there's never been another co-host of this show in this iteration so yes. far, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's um, been, it's been, it wasn't since last year that we had another co-host, but no, how you been? A pretty good hot streak. Uh, not bad. Uh, we had our, uh, I, I had meetings. We had our first meeting for Challengers League today. Um, so I, I guess more videos than, than just the LCS tier list to keep me busy. Um, I, I, I watched a show that we can talk about, you know, later in the intro, but, um, I, I wore a special shirt for our guest today. If anyone can see on on the podcast this is a, another those... cubby sports reference that i yes yeah it's it's roger goodell who's the commissioner of the nfl and if you couldn't see he's got a nice clown nose right here fantastic um so yeah but mark any thoughts uh nope i think it's very appropriate i appreciate it i yeah we were talking before this about like who's good commissioners and bad commissioners and i honestly i don't really know all all i know is uh yeah vaguely the controversies that they've been a part of well we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves because i want to introduce our guest this week who and i know many people don't know this but long before cubby was the co-host for the show mark who is our 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 guest this evening was actually originally the co-host for hotline league uh before becoming the commissioner of the lcs so i know we have a lot of like old school uh, people in the chat who might know this, but just for those who are unfamiliar, uh, that this it's actually really crazy to have him back on the show after all this time. Uh, so, Mark, how have things been during all this time since you were last co-host of the show and you got this commissioner job and all that? Uh, you know, it's going. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we talked... Four days ago, you know, so I don't know how much more of an update. The 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 interview we did, you're saying yes. Yeah, yes. we did an interview, uh, a 26 minute interview, which is you know good. You should everyone should watch that interview. It has yes. a lot of information in there, I think. But the the crazy thing is, is that tonight, it's not my questions that will be asked. It'll be a couple of cubbies. I'm sure he'll squeeze some in, but also your questions, audience, as we open up the calls to for all of you, because I've seen some comments in my stuff that go, Oh, Travis, he never talks about the stuff that he, you know, he's, it's just a shill interview or whatever. Great. Then come the fuck on the show. And, uh, you ask him questions instead. That's, that's what you get to do tonight. Anyway, shout out to Alienware for sponsoring the episode. So Cubby, what have you been up to lately? What have you been watching? What's been going on? Let's see. Uh, I, I knocked out echo. The, the five episode burst. I know I'm a, I, I want basic Marvel. It was. Oh, is that out? Was, Man, I've been yeah. like, I've, I've dropped so far it, off of the, yeah, like Marvel thing. I watched Loki, but like, I had no idea that that was even out. Um, Loki was good. Yeah. Echo just dropped like five episodes and it, it was, it was, it had some issues, but it was actually, I, I, I feel like kind of basic. It wasn't terrible. It had some like glaring <laughs> had some issues, issues but... but it wasn't terrible. High praise yeah. from Cubby for cinema. Yeah, it, there is some you know 
I feel like action sequences have come a long way, and they they had some good you know one takes in there. Yeah. It was well done, but it needed more than five episodes because I didn't really care about any characters. So, well, yeah. I uh, I saw Poor Things two days ago. Oh, yes. I heard that's I heard it's really good. It is really good. It is really bizarre, and I believe our guest also saw it. He mentioned this to me, uh, and and I thought it was pretty good. Did I did I talk about it on Holland Lee when I was last on? I think the, you. The I, I think I, you I think might I have. It by then. Yeah. Yeah. It's very. Scavengers do not go rain. with your family. Is what I will say. I feel like it was the most. I don't want to say raunchy because raunchy is like a teen comedy type thing, but like, I was just uh, really. There's just a lot in that movie. Uh, I liked it though. I gave it a four on Letterboxd. Someone on in Twitch chat recommended Scavengers Rain. Hot take: Watch two episodes of it. Overrated. Mad overrated. Damn. Shut down. Shut down. Everyone's what? been talking about it. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <clears throat> well, okay. So let's talk about all the stuff that has been announced in the past week. Uh, I Actually, has there been anything besides the LCS official announcements? I guess now we know Medios is the dive co-host that got announced today. But when Cubby and I did last week's episode, the... All the, the stuff that Mark had announced was not announced yet. So that's that's there. LEC has started. And I don't want to necessarily, you know, obviously this is a very LCS-centric show. But I do think the viewership and the stuff they they were able to get around the the new teams that have come in, I think is pretty wild. We did have the new cinematic. Um, but I don't think on the team front we've had any updates or anything like that. So this episode will be primarily about the announcements and stuff and and we might end maybe 15 minutes early uh we'll see i don't i know mark has other things he wants to do and it, there's not too much to talk there's about. also the the hall of legends was announced oh right hall of legends is another yeah another so thing there's there's all the game stuff yeah because all the uh, game changes came out on wednesday last week so anything game related i'm sure cubby is, is ready to talk about because i don't i don't know what's going on i, I load into an aram and people die very quickly now <laughs> No idea what's going on. Mark, you're you're enjoying being completely unplugged from the uh, the 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 cover the analyst seat, I should say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I watched a fair amount of LEC this weekend to like yeah. try and begin wrapping my brain around what's going on, and I was like, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it, it's funny. I I feel like um, you know they're finding new ways to monetize nationalism over in Europe. You know, it's it's wild. True. I mean, it's, it's good for eyeballs, apparently. Yeah. 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 I actually it is a good question mark. Are you like is it strange to be headed into the new season and not be paying attention to meta stuff or are you still going to be able to do that? I I how much how much is that something you're going to even think about? Uh a good bit. Like I don't think I'll be able to I mean, I could. I don't I think it's, I don't think it's a good use of my time anymore honestly to like deep dive patch notes. But I'll at least, like, I read the items that are relevant, you know, I know what they do, I know what Void Grubs do, and, like, the different Barons, and, like, you know, just by watching the broadcast, you pick that stuff up. So, like, I'll always kind of know what's going on, um, but I probably won't be, like, really coming up with my own thoughts. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, there's not too much to talk about uh, in the sort of interview thing, because I did just interview Mark the other day, and I don't know, Cubby, if you have any questions for Mark that you want to get in here anything any follow-ups or anything to the announcements or stuff that i didn't talk about in the interview i'd love to cede you the floor 
Yeah, I, uh, I I was actually going through that video you did with like I had three or four minutes to go still, uh, but I, I was trying to get through that interview beforehand. Uh, no, I so funnily enough, I Mark and I actually chatted uh, before like like the other week, so I I had some questions there with like how, you know, just like kind of our role with Challengers League, uh, how we can help out. Uh, there there was like, mm, I think. One overarching thing, though, that I kind of took from that that might be interesting for people to hear, Mark, which was like, uh, kind of like the like overarching like I, you kind of hit on it like in Travis's interview, like the what happens if we introduce the shot clock to the NBA. Uh, but I, I'm kind of interested, like at least where you're at in terms of like pitching players to fans too, because I feel like you, know, you had a different analogy for that, but also we talked a little bit about, you know, like how can we help players like get bolstered up and like how can fans attach the new ones? And uh, maybe like you can go into that a little bit with some of the new and returning players, like ways that you feel like the LCS was good at getting fans to latch onto those folks in the past, but also like where you kind of want to push that moving forward. I think uh, if people miss the the analogy that, that you're referencing, it's like, yeah, um, I, I've talked a couple times briefly about like we're still in the first 12 years of League of Legends, which is a long time in gaming world, but in sport world, that's like pretty small. And if you look at a lot of sports, a lot of times they had pretty substantial rule changes that at some point made it a lot more enjoyable of a viewing experience for fans as they like ironed out rules. And the good example of one is the shot clock, which yeah. uh, didn't exist in the early days of the NBA and um led to some horrible gameplay with how people approach things and yada 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 um and so eventually one coach basically pushed this through it happened they introduced the shot clock and if anything made the nba successful it was this this is probably the one thing there's also a lot of stuff about like back in the day sports broadcast didn't have the scoreboard like there wasn't a scoreboard <laughs> they just they would sh they would show the scoreboard sometimes with a camera but they didn't have like a graphical overlay and so there's like when you think about that to League of Legends, I think it's a more modern era um, and whatnot, but there's probably a lot of things that like you wonder about five, 10 years from now, if we're going to be like, oh yeah, I remember when they didn't do this in draft or when they did these sorts of things. Um, so it's just like a big picture idea of like challenging convention, even if it might be temporarily uncomfortable. And to the point about like how our pros feel about it, they are like very willing to uh, join in with this kind of like, experimental phase i think they have concerns and you know i've i had a big conversation with them the, the players association was on site um doing some other stuff and i popped my head in for 20 30 minutes to be able to just field some questions that they had and of course there's you know like what happens with this bug what happens with that and you know just trying to be available to answer their questions as much as possible and make the whole ecosystem feel like they're a part of exploring the future space of of the lcs and all the potential changes you can make on the, on the topic of getting them to uh, attach fans to players, I think we definitely, with the live patch, have a good direction to point a lot of our content where we might be world first smolder or world's first this, or just like tips for climbing in solo queue. We're the only pros playing on that one, you know, and being able to build our content uh, and give the players a platform to put their personalities and stories out there themselves more than in a different way than just like trying to tell their story immediately. So I think if you can get fans attached to general sniper or something, because he's playing cool stuff in the LCS, that's a lot easier way to, I think make people interested in general sniper than, uh, or I should say easier, but it's a 
it's a more natural way, I think, for a lot of people um, to get attached to, to some pros. So that, yeah. that's kind of where we're thinking with some of that stuff is like it's a more, especially to newer fans. And since we lost Doublelift and Bjergsen and all these big names, you know, like how, how, would, how do you attach uh, fans to, to people? And I think through the game is a, is a good mechanism. So, Cubby, I know you've already pulled some folks into the waiting room, but do you want to do the spiel for folks who <clears throat> are are not uh, in yes. there yet and are interested in coming on? Ah, uh, yes. I I, I, mu- I must ace ace the test, you know. I, I got the, the two dads here to make sure we're good to go. Uh, guys, if you want to call into the show, uh, you can check it out by typing in explanation mark uh, Discord. Uh, that will give you the Discord, the Travis's channel. You guys can join that. Uh, at me, at Cubby in the Discord, in either pleb chat or uh, sub chat, depending on where you're at. Uh, if I like your take, I'll throw you in waiting room. I usually tell you where you are at in, in the life cycle. I, I've pulled takes for, I would say, about half the show. So we got to make up, uh, or I guess find some more takes. Uh, and then hang out. I'll drag you down the waiting room. We'll check your mic, and then you can come on and talk with the uh, commissioner of LCS in, in, in Mark. And, you know. And if you are a sub, I would just <clears throat> first off thank you. I logged in today to find out that uh, when at, I think I ended the year with a thousand subs, I think we're below five hundred. We were at like four fifty. Then I think it's just because I didn't stream for two weeks during the holidays, and that's that is the the streamer conundrum. You know, take time off, just lose all your subs. Problem. So first off, thank you to everybody who is subbing. If you're listening to me in VOD or podcast, maybe consider loading up twitch.tv slash Travis Gaffer and tossing a prime sub if you have it. Uh, but that's that stuff is just very helpful in terms of keeping, <coughs> excuse me, keeping the show in a good spot. Also, when you do become a sub, one of the cool things is you can sync it with Discord so you can get access to the Subtopics channel, which moves a little slower. And obviously, Kevy will be looking at both of those, but sometimes it's just, uh, you know, we try to pull from both. So... You can take a look at both of those, and and we'll see how things go. Uh, but yeah, without further ado, Cubby, do you want to go grab the first caller? I can go grab the first caller. All right, let's do it. Uh, thank you to, by the way, everybody who subbed. I shouted out a bunch of you earlier, but uh, for the last twenty minutes, we got Subcheck, Guest Monster, uh, Moonfish, Darking, Darking for seventy-one months. My gosh, Smash Ica. Uh, Stizzleswick, Perchy, Lord Audi, the one and only Corbin, the Noblet, Snappy Frog, Tamane just gifted two subs, Yellowbot, Alark, and Parthos. So thank you to everybody for those. And oh, I see Swadfather and Steve McGooch. Thank you for your subs. Really appreciate everybody. The Twitch chat just popping off right now. It's very, very nice. Uh, we should have, oh yeah, here we go. Franz is here. Franz, where are you calling from? Hey, calling from uh, Huntington Beach, California. Huntington Beach. You were on at some point in time last year, I recall, because we've talked about Huntington Beach, I think. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so uh, I don't know if you guys watched uh, KC versus Mad today in the LEC, um, but it was it was pretty sweet. Um, my my question for Mark, uh, if you watched it, is how can we, how, and how can teams match the energy we saw in that game? in north america so let's assume um, nobody saw the game or they don't understand what you're talking uh, yeah. about can you elaborate for those people who don't follow koi and carmine corp and all that stuff 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, KC just got into the LEC. They are a, a French organization, and Mad Lions um, merged with with KOI, um, I believe, uh, which is uh, I'll, I don't know if I'll pronounce this right. Ebay. His he's a he's a big streamer in Spain, um, and so it was a big Spain versus France sort of grudge match. There's a big rivalry there, and so the studio was filled with like crazy passionate fans basically chanting and singing the, the entire game just just a just a week one regular season game going back and forth making signs at each other at the end of the game spoiler alert uh, for the result um mad lions won and, and casey ended the week oh three and so the fans were chanting zero three uh it, it was great um it was just very passionate fandom uh in what i would say mirrors the sort of fandom we see in t-sports uh more traditional take on on fandom yeah, and I think I saw somewhere was it on Reddit or Twitter that it was the it it broke a record for highest viewed regular season match in LEC. I think uh, yeah, Sheep Esports like tweeted about that. Um, so obviously a huge deal. Uh, so Mark, what do you what do you think whenever you see this type of stuff? I think one, it's really cool. Uh, I have not watched this particular match, but I did watch day one and day two of LEC. Um, and even before, you know, the KC fans and the Mad Lion fans were pretty, pretty vocal. Um, so I've been watching that, been watching the Twitter drama around KC as well with, uh, you know, seeing what my boy Artem, the LEC commissioner was, 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 uh, getting on, on Twitter a little bit. Um, just, so I, I'm trying to keep my, my finger on the pulse of LEC a little bit more. Like generally speaking, when I was previously, uh, analyst and content creator and all this stuff for NA. I, I didn't actually watch VCT very much. I didn't watch LAC very much, except like in the mornings before we did our show and things. So I'm trying to be more tuned in to what's going on in the, in the broader ecosystem of esports. Um, so I did see all that. I think it's really cool. I like the passion. I like the viewership. Um, I wish we had that. And I think it's a fair question to say, how do we get there? Ender in chat said something where he said, I literally don't know if NA can do that. And I think it's true that like, they're tapping into something bigger than esports a little bit with the Spain versus French rivalry. You know, these are like things that exist in other like sports and you can kind of leverage that. And we don't really have that in North America. That's like a very clear, obvious one. West Coast versus East Coast, someone in chat mentioned as well. I think that's maybe the closest thing that is would be like endemic to our demographics. I think you could even like, if you wanted to like lean in with the ping thing a little bit or something. But the other thing is that it... it for, for them, this is like kind of multiple years coming and I could be wrong, but like mm -hmm. the ERLs have been building up a long time and like, you know, the Spanish league was successful. The French league was successful. The LFL was popping off and like they then tapped them now and now it's, it's like made it into the LEC. So like even if North America could do like an East Coast, West Coast thing or like find find a um, a thing like that to tap into, it, it would take years to build. Like I don't think you can brute force it and that's what makes this so engaging is that it's not just like they randomly decided to like do this it was something that happened in their scene from how they set it up with the erls and whatnot like if you were going to try and mirror this you would actually probably want to set up an east coast nacl league and a west coast nacl league or something you know like i don't know how you would do something like that or whatever but like it, it would probably be like having to start at that level and give it a couple of years to cook or something you know like you can't just do it overnight David Shinock yeah. in the in the chat says, "Can we at least get regional wash parties?" 
Uh, you, you're actually asking me that? Sure. Yes. Why not? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think so. I don't want to commit to anything right now um, on a Monday at 730 on, on my day off. <laughs> but I think uh, finding out ways to activate for different regional fandoms and stuff like that is something that's on our radar this year. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's also crazy, like... I've seen like KOI like was I believe partnered with Rogue last year and then they swapped to Mad and like there was like all the off season drama of like oh I'm not Spanish I can't be on the team right and they like go of <laughs> yeah. like Misky and uh like um was it uh, Mac too like the coach and um so I mean it's actually pretty wild the fact that uh you know uh, France lost again which you know is uh you know good for K Corp anyway uh but yeah I I think it's like. I mean, this is something like I talked a lot about with tier two because, like, as you kind of said, Mark, like it was like years in the making. Um, people would always be like, you know, like, hey, like, why does Academy at the time not have, uh, you know, like the viewership that regional leagues have over in EU? And I think a lot of that was the fact that like native language broadcasts are big. Um, like the fact that you know the LBC broadcast was in English. Like if you like a, a lot of people over in Europe, the vast majority do speak English, but uh, a lot of them speak multiple languages and English is not everyone's native language. So having a French broadcast for a French league ended up being like really powerful for building up that system that was years in the making, right? Um, I, I think that like one way to do it, like, I mean, NA is trying to do it with like creator tournaments. I mean, we just had what Ludwig uh, versus Tarek coming in. Um, I mean, I think one of the biggest concerns that I have from Valorant and even from a broadcaster myself that works with Riot is the fact that uh, Tarek's co-streams uh, have more views than the main Valorant broadcast. And that is something that I think is like a wild evolution of how we've consumed esports, but uh, definitely is like really concerning from my seat, like where I haven't been trying to build a following since COVID hit and I was late to the game. And like, I always wanted to be a part of the broadcast where I could try and help tell player stories through that. But now it's like co-streams that like when you have a co-stream that's doubling up Valorant viewership, I think that's very concerning for Valorant moving forward. Um, I, and I think it does really show like the power of creatives uh, and stepping into the space. So I know that like disguise had a huge impact on challengers league. Uh, there've been a lot of questions in hotline league, like the chat tonight about getting more creators in. Um, and I think that at least like for, an initial boost for NA viewership. I mean, we definitely saw that with Challengers League getting disguised involved. And I think that the fact that A, being tied to countries, but B, having big creators come in um, and to LAC, I mean, you're seeing some pretty big numbers, uh, which is great. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, to combo off that point, I think figuring out how to do it naturally. Uh, like, uh, I, I haven't looked at the, the LEC stream breakdowns to know how much is coming from the co-streamers or not, but I think it's fair to say that, like, part of this huge viewership that they're getting is because um, they're tapping into multiple fan bases. We talked about French versus Europe, but also just the individual creators of those markets as well, being able to, to co-stream, which I don't think in the past LEC has had co-streaming, generally speaking. Even Casual's co-streaming now, right? So, like... Yeah, co-streaming is definitely a newer thing for them, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, people are saying Ibai hit 200k, uh, Comento at 170. Um, I think the mainstream, at least like when I briefly checked, it was usually around like 200k, like 150 to 200k. So like, um, regardless, like these are numbers that are rivaling the main broadcast. Uh, to that point, kind of like a similar thing's happening in Valorant. Yep. 
Um, yep. I think, you know, Tarek obviously is the main broadcast a little bit in that sense, in terms of yeah. just like the raw number of uh, viewers. But like, um, so th there's a, there's, I think there's an interesting dynamic between broadcast and, and um, co-streaming, which was kind of beyond the scope of this question. Point being that like, to yeah. see what LEC is doing and to just want that, I think that's an aspirational goal and really cool. I think how you get there is different in North America and maybe a little bit more challenging because you don't have this like fractured viewership thing that the ERLs was tapping into in North America. There's no reason that a NACL fan can't just watch the LCS, you know, like those are both things that appeal to that market. Um, there's nothing that, that separates the two as it stands right now. I do. I think it would be really fun. You know, I'm just like thinking through, you know, imagine if three years from now you had OTK versus offline in LCS even, right? Like it's just wild to think about what those numbers would be like. And you can imagine the beef that would start between certain people with asthma and disguised toast all, you know, shit talking each other and all that stuff. I feel like it would just build up so much and, and really bring LCS to kind of the forefront of Twitch in a way that it used to be, I think. Oh, we just need uh like a bunch of people like when it came out where they wanted the drive to survive uh for lcs and or just kind of said it in the chat we just need you know a format where all the gms and the team leads can beef with each other behind the scenes and then we got it you know yeah. that's all we need yeah um i will say also just on like the otk and uh offline tv stuff it is really cool but it's worth noting that a lot of the creators in these specific markets are also like unbelievably far ahead in their in those respective markets as far as i understand it like also same with biano and cb lol like these people are are huge like absolutely massive i could be wrong you know i'd have to check what their concurrence are right now but i think like they are um very notable in in their size compared to like you know like they they are they're just next they just have, they're a lot bigger streamers you're saying on an individual well yes basis. but i'm saying like they like within like their like I don't know how to phrase this because I haven't had this conversation before, but like within terms of like market share and like influence over it, you know, like there's a lot of influencers in North America and you might identify with one or the other or the other or the other, whereas it feels like, and again, I'm not native to these audiences, but like it feels like the ones who sit at the top of these markets, it's like, that's the person. Like that is like their Mr. Beast. That is like the the person. And like, um, you know, I, I could be wrong, but like that's also seems to be like a noteworthy thing to me. Yeah, I do wonder if you get it in the aggregate, though. Like if you took yeah. all of OTK together, and I'm not saying that you'd have all those guys watching every game or whatever the way Abai does, but I I do wonder, you know, what your your potential total audience is whenever you combine all that stuff. So, uh, Franz, thank you so much. Is there any kind of follow up here? I know we we kind of took your stuff and ran with it. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't uh, don't want to act like I have a great solution for that because obviously it's way harder in NA because it's it's very regional in Europe and, and uh, it's much harder to do that with uh, everyone based out of Los Angeles. So so I get that. I just think um, the the sort of we've seen this new sort of um, like K-pop style fandom come into to North America. And uh, I, I just think in order for for sustainable fandom to last I personally would like to see more traditional fandom where, where people are diehard fans of their own teams and they, they I don't want to say hate, but um, they're not happy about it when rival teams or, or any other teams win. 
for example, I saw a tweet uh, after like EG got knocked out of playoffs last year. Um, some fan tweeted like, "Oh, I'm I'm happy for Team Liquid that they went to World. I'm just so sad uh, they went to Worlds, but I'm just so sad for for Evil Geniuses. I'm sad for JoJo." And I just think like in in traditional sports, you'd never see anyone say, "Oh, I'm so happy for this other team that they succeeded." All all they would have is major salt about their own team. Um, and uh, I I just think that's better for for fandom. Uh, hey, you know what? As a Bears fan, I'm glad the Packers won because watching the Cowboys collapse was ten times better than watching like the, the Packers lose. We we gotta enjoy the Cowboys collapse. But even on, then, I, your major yeah, motivation is teams. hatred for another team. It is like but, that's you know, to Franz's point, right? I can choose my hatred. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Like like for example, like everyone either loved or hated TSM. I was a TSM fan uh, before they left the the league, and I'm sorry to hear I that. think. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. I just think that that kind of that kind of fandom is is what we need. I, you know, again, I don't know, don't have the perfect solution. But um, anyway, sorry, I know this has gone on for a long time. Shout out, Mark. Congrats on the new job. Uh, shout out, Covey. Congrats on the the co-host. Um, happy you guys are continuing the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah, the uh, only person the who didn't get a new job out of all this was me, and I applied twice for that job. Mark, do you know that the the narrative has now changed to like it's it's the the cope that occurs on this stuff where because whenever I released the video that was like uh, oh you know uh, why Mark will fail and then also in the interview so many of the comments have been oh yeah maybe Travis didn't technically applied but he asked Riot to hire him and they said no like they're just it's like the uh, the goalposts just keep shifting on what my my thing was i did not ask riot to hire me they did not say no i had very casual conversations with a couple I, friends at riot who like, encouraged me to apply i feel like people don't know what a feeler is maybe like feelers are is like put a feeler out hey yeah. mark temp, temp, I take temperature seat. checks <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, all right um, all right uh do you want to grab the next caller coming? get me out it didn't go well yeah <laughs> well, I didn't know if Cubby meant like take my seat, like become the commissioner. It's like literally have the seat that I'm in right now. I think, oh, maybe it is your your job, or maybe casting. Who knows? Anyway, I don't we, know. We've got All another. The... We've got another caller here. Caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? Hello, it's Farmer Ginge. I'm calling from a very cold Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Ah, okay. Well, welcome back to the show yes. from Canada. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I wanted to talk about, uh, previously, just afterwards, I called him with a take about how we should get rid of the world's patch. And it kind of delved into a conversation that Mark and, and we all had about the period of patches and the pro players playing, like practicing in solo queue off of the two week behind live patch. Um, and I'm interested to find out if kind of Mark's view and, and the status and, the, you know, the view of his team to go on to the live patch as something that's been in the works for a while and also if the team's asked for it for better practice as well. Um, I mean, like, I know the answers to these questions. I guess I'm just weighing in my head if this is going to ruffle any feathers if I, you know, <laughs> to divulge the information. Give us the tea. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, I don't think, I don't think it would, but like, um, 
based on like I, I think one thing to keep note of is like the timeline had to be pretty aggressive to get these in, in place for spring 2024 um and so like a lot of people have talked about live patch separate from me separate of any conversation i've been a part of like i think everyone at some point has had the thought about the 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 gap between the two um so like i don't want to pretend that this was like a novel idea or anything um so you know like there might have been conversations in the past with teams and previous commissioners about this about um in other regions other commissioners might have floated this idea i don't know the entire ecosystem but um and it's something that prior to me being hired like i said when i when i was talking in the interviews and stuff i mentioned that like when i was in the application process i was pretty straightforward with hey when like these are the ideas that we would be pursuing if you bring me in so like i think a lot of people had insight kind of but i don't know who all knew what um and you know we didn't have a chance to sync with the teams um too much prior to to beginning really pursuing the ideas once I started, um, if that makes sense. Cubby, what is the Challenger League? What has the Challenger League played on? Like, I have never really paid attention to what patch they're on. And they, they were two weeks behind as well. They're they're on live now as well. Give it, yeah. Given where we were in the schedule, though, be, when at least the year where we were on Wednesdays, we were the first patch to play or the first league to play on the newest patch because like that would push through on Wednesdays in the old cycle. Um but it would still be the two week break. Yes. Yeah. Uh, break, but you know the the Yeah. I, I mean like my understanding of this is that when talking with teams, uh some teams really don't like it and other teams just shrug and say we're all playing by the same rules anyway. And then some teams are like, oh, we use the time better. Like, it's like more of an advantage. Like, we're losing a ton of data, but everyone's on the same mantle. So it just really kind of matters, like, what mindset you have or what your headspace is. Uh, I very much believe that, like, everyone's on even playing field. I think it helps some players and, like, helps some teams more than others or hurts some others. But you can always adapt if you're good. So uh, I'm sure that there are some teams that complain. Um, that doesn't surprise me at all. But... I think that you'll always get teams that complain when there's going to be change, especially change that they don't agree with. So the only you... bummer is that like there could be more bugs, and so I don't. I I actually kind of feel bad for like the QA team and like the ref team that handles bugs because they have to be a lot better at finding those and executing them. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting year for this uh, change to go through just with how big season 14 changes were as well. I think, um, you know, you saw, I think it was a hot fix on Friday uh, that came out as well. And there was, I saw some LAC people tweeting about confusion if they were going to be playing on that hot fix or not. I don't know where it ended up landing, but you know, um, there's definitely going to be some growing pains. I don't think uh, on the LCS side, we're going to pretend that like everything's going to be, oh, there'll be no problems at all. You know, I think that's why in that video, when we announced them, we asked for a little bit of patience and grace from fans as we, try to try to get these in there and, and make it as smooth as possible. Same, same from the player and team side. Like we are listening to the feedback that they have. If things are um, frustrating, we'll, we'll listen to that. And at the end of the day though, we're, you know, we're an entertainment product. And if, if fans really resonate with this change, it's about figuring out how to smooth those other parts over. Um, assuming that they're not so bad that they're like blocking the um, effective, like effectively making it a worse product overall, even if fans like the changes, you know, so I, like that's, yeah. that's the balancing act. 
So I, I I was on board with Mark for this change, by the way, because at least for Challengers League, like I very much looked at it through the lens of last year. I thought Disguised was the biggest thing that like moved the needle in a good direction. Like in a split where we lost seven LCS orgs, we were able to maintain, if not improve our numbers, pretty much because we had Disguised in the league. Uh, and my idea was that Disguise brought the most new fans too, because people that are fans of Disguise would sometimes like watch his streams and they'd be like, okay, like Disguise is playing Hearthstone and then, oh, his team's competing. So he's going to swap and watch that for a couple hours, right? And if he, like someone is new to League and sees that game on the current patch and sees them playing new stuff and like gets to hear Disguise being like, oh, I haven't like seen this yet. Like, I think they're more likely to pick up the game than like playing a game that is like two patches behind or like two weeks behind. Um, so I thought that it would help fans more so connect with the game that they see. So I also was for it on that basis. So yeah. Yeah, yeah I think this is one of the ones where I bring up that shot clock example uh, when we talk about that, because what's funny is when that happened, um, there was a lot of, players who were nervous about this and you know they, there's if, if you read about it they're, they're talking about how like the players were shooting in under eight seconds you know <laughs> because they were just they felt so pressured by the clock before like a meta established within how Damn. you approach and like it, you know all knew the meta early mark now it's you shoot in eight seconds to so get more shots you know yeah, they were ahead of the game seven seconds or less sons baby part two yeah. no i that was coming from a place of panic rather than i think offensive strategy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah i think like there is going to be you know, growing pains. I don't think like everyone will have their workflows on how you try out champs at the start of a week or like all, all these sorts of things that might happen. Um, I think just like understanding that that is, is going to be part of the process of making a better product in, in the long term, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, actually off that, I, I do think that the introduction of the second phase of bands was like the oh, yeah, comparison example. of yep. like what the games already had. Um, because I do think that that changed a lot of how pick band works and is pretty healthy for the game. So, yeah. Yeah. And that was something, it was a, a big change for, for us because it also changed the first time, I think how client and, uh, sport drafted differently, you know, like mm -hmm. that's a tournament draft, whereas even draft mode in, in the game is, is not like that if I'm not mistaken. So, um, you know, it's been forever since I played rank, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's not that normal. So yeah, there, there's always these sorts of changes that people are looking at. Um, to do. Hey, Farmer Jones, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, shout out to all you guys for keeping this going, Mark, for coming back. Um, also, just wanted to say, I am. I think this will be one of the first times I've watched the LCS live of this season, and I th honestly think it's just because of that. A couple of the changes that Mark said, it's it's got me a little bit more excited for the league again. So, there you go. Thanks very much, guys. Yeah, thank cool. you. Have a good one. Cheers, you too. Bye. See it. All right. Uh, let's see. Cubby, you want to go grab the next caller? I think we have time for another before we take yep. a quick break. Uh, thank you to, uh, let's see, Jackal here, Don Parn, World in Jeopardy, Zajef, a name I haven't heard in at least a month, uh, Slawcat, Yeshua, Vecchio, thank you for the five gifted. Very generous of you. Helping me rebuild my sub empire. Haru928 for the prime. Lady Empire, Risky Devils, Fisher Molson, Kensk, Demon Devi, thank you for the one year and great name as always. 
And Kanoke. Thank you, everybody, for the subs. We got Murderino here. Murderino, where are you calling from? Uh, calling from Ontario, Canada. Ontario. Also very cold here. Another Canadian freezing. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, essentially, it's about the new uh, Hall of Legends that got announced. And my take is that at this point in League, no NA player has done enough to actually qualify for being in the Hall of Legends. And I think that's going to make DL and Beard fans uh, pretty mad. But uh, I just think if they let those kinds of players in, it's kind of a really big reduction in terms of the prestige of the accolade. And I think uh, it'll feel more like giving kind of a, a pittance to each region as opposed to truly being like the Hall of Legends. When did you start watching base. League, competitive League? Uh, I started 2017, 2018. I've gone back and through some of the the international stuff, but not much further than that. Yeah. I wonder how much you would feel differently if you had watched earlier because for a long time, both Doublelift and Bjerg were just like, they are some of the longest standing players, right? Like they were playing when Faker was like 14, you know? And I think the fact that they maintained for as long as they did and continue to show up at worlds every year and had so many appearances and all that stuff. I think it is, less offensive than it seems like you think it would be right um and i that is that is why i i somewhat disagree i mean i don't know have they said how they're are they inducting only one t one player at a time or how that's going to work because i think obviously it's not like they should start with double lift or bjergsen or anything like that but uh there's there's an obvious player for for spot one but i do wonder if you know, if, if they were looking at like five players and I realize that there's probably a lot of content creators that'd be like, Oh my God. But I, I think there's a good chance that like double lift and or Bjergsen could end up on that list. When you look at the entirety of their careers. I, I can understand the concept on a long enough timeline, letting them in. But I think my takes focused, like I think they're going to let a lot of people in cause they want to sell skins uh, if they end up giving skins to each inductee. Um, but when you look at, like, the history of League, like, I find it hard to prioritize Double Lift or Bjergsen over people like yeah. World's winners, right? Like, Bangi, Faker, uh, but even people who haven't won Worlds. Like, if you're going to put Double Lift above, like, Uzi... Like, I struggle with that. Yeah, right? I don't think Mad anybody life, would probably Diamond put Double Lift over even. Uzi. But I don't think it's always, you know, it doesn't have to be that exclusive in my mind. Like, you can have, again, it depends on how many people they're inducting at a time. But I think there's definitely an argument to be made for uh, for Double Lift, well, given how, how wide the, the net is that you cast. Yeah, I was going to say, it really depends, I think, on how quickly like how many people are coming in in a class or whatever, or how they're doing that, because it's usually considered a class is how it's called in, in traditional yeah. sports. And the other thing is it's really depends on what they're voting on. Like you're kind of saying, are these like the best players ever, or are they the most influential? Are they yeah. most popular, you know? And it's going to be like, it really depends on the, on the criteria. And I think there's criteria cri criteria where it probably wouldn't feel bad to put in a double if type person. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm... So I, I pulled this one because, like, I think that, like, what it hints at is, like, ultimately, like, you don't think that these players should get in, like, based on criteria. And, like, I'm curious, like, what happens when someone like Udipon retires, right? Like, did Udipon ever go far at Worlds on DFM? No. But Udipon has the longest tenure with a single team. Udipon has the most domestic titles of any player, like, in League of Legends history. Like, for me... I think that that deserves to be, like, enshrined in the Hall of Fame, right? Like, hell, I think that, like, Dash should be in the Hall of Fame. Like, high key. I, I, I think, like, the Hall of Fame traditionally in sports, it encompasses people that have worked, like, in the space as well. And, like, I, I have, like, a very, like, wide net for, like, what this could be. Uh, but I think it's going to be really interesting to see, like, what kind of criteria they actually go on, right? Uh, because, Kobe, would you put like, me in the Hall of Fame? I, I don't know, Travis. You you show for right a lot. I don't know if you show that much. You know? Okay, that's a good, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's a fair answer. That's a fair nah. answer. Uh, but I I don't know. Like I I actually think that uh like the Hall of Fame could be like a lot of things. Like uh, I listened to the Cubs growing up. Like Pat Hughes has been covering the Cubs like for over forty years. He got in the Hall of Fame. Uh, like I, I think that kind of stuff should be rewarded in the space too. Uh, and I'm I'm really curious about like what the actual um, ramifications or like qualifications that they're going to have uh, like to let people in. Uh, also, no active players in, so no faker. And I think that the only way I'd even think about having that be an exception is if they had faker be the only active player ever inducted into the Hall of Fame. But I think they're going to induct faker before his career ends, and I think that's crap. So, Oh, you're saying, you're saying they shouldn't... You don't think anybody should be inducted if they're still playing? Yes. It's really I think awkward there be a because year you have players that will break. just stop for a bit, right? Like, yes. I guess maybe yes. they have to stop for like two years and then you induct them. In baseball, it's ten. I want to say in most sports, it's ten. Uh, I think for this, they can do less, but still. Hot so take. That's a boomer it? mentality. Oh yeah. What do we hot, got here? Hot, hot take. I just. I. I think. Uh, I think if someone is like ready, they're ready. You know, like. Why, why do we got to pretend Faker's not, like, the first ballot? You're going to put someone in? Like, the, my, my concern with this is, like, the first person should clearly be Faker. But if you have to be retired for three years or something, then, like, and you open this up, it's going to be other people before Faker. And then it just That's sounds weird. Like, no, wrong. It should be the best player this sport's ever dang seen. Build the criteria around that guy, not the other way around. I think the other, the other thing is... If Riot is, I don't know how Hall of Fame's monetized or whatever. It feels like it's just like a fandom thing. If Riot is like, and then we make skins for these players, I feel like they're not going to want to wait a while to make these skins. They're going to be like, yo, we got to get that yeah. Faker skin so that every time Faker pops off, somebody pops up pops up on Ari and gives him and um, plays that. Imagine, or you know? imagine if there was a Mad Life Thresh skin in like season five. Gretzky had to wait, so should Faker. Who cares? Who asked about the NHL? That's... <laughs> yeah. What are we bringing, bringing hockey into this? If someone said that in chat, I don't care. Oh, man. Um, I, I, no, I definitely agree with the idea that, like, we don't just need to mimic traditional sports or T-sports. I mean, quite frankly, I feel like we've gotten ourselves into a pretty big mess by trying to do that for the last five or six years. Okay, so but, but we like, can do other what, stuff. What happens? What happens if like we inducted Crown into a Hall of Fame like season seven, or, like season eight? 
Oh, I see what you're So wait, you're worried that Faker's gonna fall off so far? No, 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 no. I'm using a different example, like not for Faker specifically. He's saying that like someone who pops off in the short term suddenly gets rewarded, and then you know they don't actually have the career longevity or these sorts of things. You know, I think that's why my perspective is I would rather build the criteria around like a faker, but then like you can still make it pretty ridiculous when you look at fakers. Like how many people can honestly stand next to faker? I think actually it's zero. So it's it, you can make some yeah, pretty exclusionary, uh, you know, I mean, rules. I, I could give a hot take that if, if faker gets inducted in now, I think that they need to also induct Xiaohu now. Well, so that's the question is like, how many people are they inducting at a time? Yeah. Because I think your concern, Cubby, is not going to be that, like, if they're inducting like two people at a time, three people at a time, one person at a time, like, you're not going to get to a place ever where you are like, oh, this person's only been playing for three years. We got to shove them in there, right? Because there's just going to be like a queue. Like, we could, we could create yeah, the queue yeah. if we had more time on the show right now of like, Okay, you start with this person, then you go to these people. Like you just, like you you work through it over the years, and and I think that that's what would stop somebody who's only played from three for three years from, uh, entering into it, and and like the only way in which maybe they do at that point in time is if it's just like wow this team this player has not lost a game in his career or like a finals in his career or something and has gone to every international thing and won MSI and Worlds for so long, and uh, Saudi Arabia Cup. Like you just do that for long enough that, uh, that like that's that's how it works. But I think there's a, a big enough queue that it won't be an issue. I, I I'm going to find it interesting because like as like Papa Smithy in the chat's hinting at like for a player like Caria, you know, like when is he eligible? Like if you look at Caria's career, it like arguably could already be a Hall of Fame career, right? Uh but, but how like. How are we gonna have like you have to like be playing league for like seven or ten years? Like how, like that's that's so, literally the same problem you have with the re- oh you have to be retired for ten years. You know like it's it's all arbitrary. This whole it, this whole practice is arbitrary. So just pick the rules that like make the coolest thing. Is my perspective. Like I don't care if Matt, Matt, Michael Jordan had to wait. All right, that doesn't make a good compelling case for why Faker should have to wait. Just because in other sports and other situations where they had existing systems, MJ had to p- participate to that system. I, like we're creating yeah. our own here. What's the coolest thing we can possibly do? Should be the question we're asking, not what did other systems do. I, in my I perspective, the, I think the coolest thing to possibly do is have Faker be the only active player ever inducted into the Hall of Fame. That will enshrine him forever as the goat, and everyone else has to wait until at least two years after they're retired. Like, what is the GDP of Faker? You know, at this point, like. As a serious, like, of course this guy, like, should stand alone. You know, like, I'm totally fine. I know, oh. I, I just, you know, like, yeah, yeah, make an exception for him. I don't care. He's the first, oh. like, he's his first ballot in, like, the biggest sense of the word, you know, like. What I would actually also do with Faker, like, I, I think that, like, obviously, like, Faker is outside the rules uh, for, like, a lot of this, right? Because, like, I think that, like, I, again, I, I stand by, like, Xiao Hu should be inducted tomorrow. Like if, if you're gonna induct Faker tomorrow, like Xiao already has had the career to be inducted along with him. It's not Faker's career, but Xiao is a Hall of Famer, no doubt. Um I I think the way to, to forever enshrine Faker in this game is make an MVP for World's Trophy and just name it after Faker. It's like everyone grew up in this game saying, like, oh, I'm Faker. Like I wanted to be Faker. Like I made a Faker. The Lombardi player, right? trophy. The yes. Faker trophy. Yes. World's MVP is the individual should be like named after Faker. I, I think that's that's the coolest way actually to enshrine Faker. That's cool. 
Hey, yeah. Murderino, thank you so <laughs> do, much for the call. Do you do that while he's still active? Faker wins the Faker trophy? Yes. Or, you know, I, I, you might have to wait Faker for that trophy. one. No, let's, no, do it. I, I, for the meme potential, do it's it. So it'll break funny, the internet. Dude. It'll break it's, the it's internet. It's a statue of Faker like built into the trophy, and it goes it's to the, his uh, teammate. It's the Obama meme of him putting the award around himself or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Murderino, thank you for the call. Uh, we... I, you start. You span us off on an entire tangent about what the Hall of Legends should be. But anything that you want to shout out here at the end? No, that was great. Um, uh, shout out to uh, Team Liquid, uh, Liquid Plus. Join the Liquid Plus Discord. Wow, what a shill! Uh, Respect, right? I'm such yeah. a shill. I'll take those Liquid <laughs> Plus points all day. Wow. Uh, and uh, a big shout out to my wife who put our uh, five month old daughter down so that I could jump on the show. So a big all shout right. out to nice. her. Nice. That's a nice show. What have you spent your Liquid points on before? Uh, I have a bunch of free Liquid merch. I have a Captain America shield with a Team Liquid crest on it. Um, I I have some cool stuff. Nice. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you to some more folks who have subbed. We got Shade Rubino, the Dixie Cup, Duff Alex, Schmutz Fanger, PP Doc, Finance Consultant, Mr. Dr. Enchiladas, Lasagna for One, Steve Wisey. Hi, Steve. And Markingtons. I think, actually, yeah, we, we'll take a quick break right now to talk a little bit about Alienware, our sponsor for the episode. I know I talked uh, last week about the Alienware M16, but I got to do it again because this thing is amazing. They they revamped the M16 uh, now in the M16 R2, and it is uh, fantastic. It supports up to an NVIDIA RTX 4070 GPU and has a QHD plus 240 hertz display with G-Sync for a beautiful gaming experience. This thing is just super cool. It's got a new cryotech thermal design for more efficient cooling. It's 15% smaller than its predecessor. And it also has a stealth mode, which allows you to turn off RGB lighting and turn performance to quiet mode for more chill environments with a simple keyboard command. So I just gotta tell you guys, you gotta go check this thing out. If you're in the market for a notebook, a gaming notebook, this is brand new. It just got announced, uh, I think, what, last week? The week before? Yeah, last week. And it's available now uh, over at Alienware.com slash Travis. Check it out. Take a look at it. Maybe you're traveling soon. Maybe you've got to go to, to school, do some cool stuff uh, along the way. And this thing is, is just for you. Yep, it's available right now, at least in the U.S., uh, starting at sixteen forty nine ninety nine. Again, that comes with a RTX 40 series card. 16 gigs of RAM, and that beautiful QHD 2560 by 1600, 240 hertz display. You know, whenever I, uh, in the past, I've looked at, at notebooks or whatever, it's really difficult sometimes because maybe in the past you've had to choose between something that's a higher resolution display or something that's a higher refresh rate. And for me as a creator, I think it's... It's tough where you want to choose the higher resolution, but then you're like, ah, but I want like that that high refresh for the gaming stuff. And yeah, this thing has both. So go check it out, Alienware.com slash Travis. Again, that's the Alienware M16 R2 gaming laptop. It's available now. Thank you to Alienware for sponsoring the show. Okay, cool. 
Uh, I also want to give a shout out while Cubby goes off to grab the next caller to some folks on YouTube. Shady Ghost, thank you for being a member or becoming a member. Remixed, thank you for becoming a member. And then Evan, thank you for the $5 over there. Thank you to those on YouTube that are supporting. I know that platform does not uh, promote supporting as much as it could. I saw somebody talking earlier about how sometimes it's a little annoying to figure it out on there. So thank you to everybody on YouTube. Twitch is just primarily this thing. It's just like so much better at pushing uh, monetization and revenue. And so that's probably always going to be my primary platform for something like this. But I really appreciate the support on YouTube as well. Uh, speaking of on YouTube. Uh, oh, actually, we'll talk about that in a second because our next caller is here. Caller, what's your name and where are you calling from? What's up? I'm Wizery. I'm coming from Fairfield, California, near San Francisco. Is that uh, wizard, wizardry? Wizardry? Uh, wizardry is fine. Wizardry. Okay. Yeah. Calling from California. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I watched your wonderful video on the Travis Gafford YouTube channel, um, and I called to ask Mark. Uh, earlier in that video, you talked about how um, what you want the league to be, like most competitive, innovative, yada yada. Uh, what were past examples of LCS content that either you were a part of or the league did years ago that you think just missed the mark or sort of represent what you want the league to be since it's your product? Yeah, Mark, shit on previous content that you've done. Uh, no, he's saying raise up previous content that yeah, or is, highlight the good ones. He said missed. He said missed the mark as well. Oh, maybe maybe I misunderstood. I thought you were saying like things that could have been good that just have been to be good up, tweet, or tweet. on your vision. Um, well, I should say first off that I don't think my role is necessarily to like craft specific content, you know, maybe I'll, I'll lean in a little bit more in the short term, but like, um, we have a lot of really talented people who have plenty of ideas themselves. Like, you know, the talent between Jet, Emily and Raz will kick up plenty, plenty of ideas. There's producers, there's tons of people. I don't think there's going to be any shortage of ideas. And I think the, the best thing I can do is like more directionally say these are the sorts of things we're interested in. But even that, I'm I'm actually pretty pretty um, flexible on for for any specific idea. Um, you know, I have things that I think we are more interested in pursuing. Like you know, with the live pass change being like, okay, historically we don't have tons of gameplay actually on our YouTube channel, and I would say that I think we should maybe up the amount of gameplay we see um on the channel and that's like a direction rather than like okay now i'm gonna go in there and build three series of game you know like i think that's kind of the, the role i'll be more in but even then like if, if people have different opinions or we get the data back on those videos and they're performing whatever yada 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 um that's a roundabout way of saying like you're more you're more asking probably what i personally would enjoy seeing i think people sometimes get confused where like i make catching up with double lift and that is not what i think the like brand of the lcs should be or anything like that that is like my own in joke to myself as someone who likes surrealist comedy but i understand that that is like a divisive piece of content and not at all something that we should orient around um so i also think that like i don't really i don't say it's like without it maybe coming across poorly i don't think we should be looking into the past too much i think there's probably some things like lessons and learnings and things that did well that maybe you could bring back but should be updated or modernized um per perhaps that's like a way to put it but i don't think it's like 
oh, well, this was like really good. So let's just do that again. But now in 2024, instead of in 2018 or something, you know, it's it's six years later. <laughs> as, as painful as that is for me to say, it's six years later. Bring bring back LCS Big Plays. LCS Big Plays? Sure, maybe. I, I actually really like what uh, LCK does with that, where I, they do have a longer break screen, but they recycle that video throughout all their break screens for the whole week. Um, which I always find really nice. And, like they do it edited with like the director, like they show like all the abilities, like the clicks that pop up, you know. So it's like really nice. I know it's what pretty breaks? heavy editing, exactly. But you know, <laughs> it's it's evergreen, Mark. You can use it for two days of broadcast. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I get I get the point. I think it's it's true that I think um, one thing we want to be more conscious of this split is matching like where the content lives with like what the content is. So I think um, there's a lot of things that. I think could do well in social in vertical video format that maybe um, is not quite as resonant in like a uh, long form video for YouTube or something, you know, okay. um, or there's, there's content that should live in the broadcast only because it's really informative to the audience about a player's story. And because, you know, we're, we're guaranteed to have um, well, we don't know what our AMA is going to be, but like whatever our AMA is, it's like it's guaranteed to hit that many people. Whereas on YouTube, you need to be a lot more algorithmically focused, and it's like a little bit harder to just tell a player story on YouTube. Um, you know, mm -hmm. like these these are the sorts of considerations I think we'll be we'll be having a lot more of this year. Uh, so, it's, like, it, on it's sorry, go my bad. No, no, that's it. I was just oh, gonna okay. Put a bun in it. Uh, I, I was gonna say like off of that, like um. Obviously, YouTube algorithm, like if you make YouTube shorts, it helps you get into a pretty much a different algorithm, which like boosts each other. And also TikTok is something that I know that the LCS has, but I don't know if they've like super effectively used yet. Um, are like So you said vertical video format. Like, is that something that you're kind of pushing for, like more one minute short form uh, stuff that like people can hopefully eat more easily digest the, the Zoomers? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think okay. uh, so. One thing, too, is making sure that the people who work on these specific projects actually enjoy that and want to be doing that stuff. So we have people who are interested in vertical video formats for the LCS. Historically, it might have been hard for them to find time with pros to get them between all the other things that they have. But now, if we have this no analyst desk segment time and the pros don't really have that many mandatory obligations from the broadcast when they finish um, ideally it'll be easier for these people to find time with the pros to then make that kind of vertical video, um, since we're all in studio and we're all there, uh, every Saturday, Sunday. So that, that is one of the, the like other benefit, like we haven't talked about too much about all the benefits of the tr reduced transition time that I think exists that we don't want to oversell what the benefits will be until we're, we're confident we can actually do them. But it's these sorts of things that are like a nice combo effect where, with the studio space opened up now uh, to not have to just be the analyst desk, like what else can we do with pros while they're in the studio? What else can we do with these content teams now that they're not making a six minute segment after every single game that they need to like fill with content? You know, like what can we do? Oh, um, so as well you, as, yeah. Are you going to like require teams to be there for longer or before just their gameplay for content then as well? Or like, I assume you're going to like, Wap that into like what an LCS day is like for at least like ops if you're a team. For sure, for sure, okay. that's something that we've okay. we've we've like <clears throat> sort of communicated, and it's yeah. something that we don't want to. This is a lot of this is experimental, and I, I saw I got memed yeah, yeah. in Travis's video for saying evaluate so much, but I'm going to say it again. A lot of this is kind of evaluating 
what is working and what's not and staying nimble and tweaking as we go. We have ideas, we have plans, we have things that like bets that we're making, but should these bets not be paying off, we'll look for where to pivot. A good example of something that we just don't know, but we're conscious of is what is the on-site fan experience with this new change? It's something that I don't think a ton of people have considered, but historically, when you have 15 minutes between the end of a game and the start of a game, it's very easy as a fan to go to the bathroom, grab your picture with a, a pro, you know, if that, that team's out there or something. Uh, but now it's like six minutes. And what are fans going to prioritize in the studio? Are they going to go back to their seats to catch the draft? Or are they maybe going to skip the draft in, in studio to to get pictures with pros? Like, I, we're kind of going to wait and see what, what fans are leaning on and, like, what can we do to, like, enhance the experience that they're most interested in? Um, these sorts of things we don't have clear answers on yet because we haven't done it. So we have thoughts, but we don't know for sure. So an example, yeah, being, you know, we kind of want to hold pros longer and uh, to, to shoot a little bit more. Um, yeah, that'd be hopefully, great. Hopefully use them a little less on their their off days is kind of like the idea is like, hey, if you stick around an extra hour here, as well as the fact that because the day is so much faster with only four games and reduced transition time, like it's very possible that we're finishing our day at 3.30. And I think it's a lot less of an ask than to be like, hey, stick around till 4.30. Yeah. So there's, there's a number of these things which we are evaluating yeah I, I know from like a team ops perspective too like uh so arnold who is with you know genji uh like heads things up there i believe his ceo um i remember like he's had a lot of posts about like lck and like just stuff like leagues can do to get more fans in general um and one of them that i felt like was really interesting is actually having teams come together to turn one of the scrim days into a media day so like everyone would just film content there. I, I actually like the idea of like folding that into a competitive day. I feel like it's a lot easier to onboard teams to that than actually giving up a day of practice because obviously teams want to find whatever advantage they can. Uh, so yeah, I, I like that idea. 100%. One of the things we've targeted with this is the fact that there's very little cross-team content that exists or cross-org yeah. content, I guess we should say, uh, that exists in the LCS in, in recent years. It's really hard to get a TSM or what would have been a TSM player and a cloud nine player and a CLG player in that era to all sit down together and shoot content because their days are so spread out. And if they win or lose, plus they have their, all these other obligations, I think it's a lot easier in a situation like this to end up with three or four different teams in a piece of content together all at the same time without needing to like break up when you're shooting that. Yeah. Um, so these are all things that are on the table. Again, we don't want to over promise and under deliver so like we haven't said too much about this kind of stuff but it's all things that went into this decision it's not just about reducing the transition time on broadcast it has what we think will be very beneficial knock-on effects uh, that, that's good i also know like from like a player or like a team perspective like comp days are actually the hardest days on the teams because like taking the team ride like to the studio you play your warm-up games then you go on stage then you say hey to fans like then you go home and like then the pros kind of like have breakdown and prep for the next day like i actually like some fans may be like i i feel like it's a lot easier to convince teams to stick around on those days and like actually use the space and the schedule more than it is to have them come in on a different day like where they aren't supposed to go into the studio anyway so yeah yep. i i actually it's really good and, and it's something, again, that like we're not hard, especially in the early days, we have so much more stuff about like the workflows and these sorts of things um, that we're like, like, let's figure out exactly what's the best day to shoot content on with these pros. Once we know for sure that the workflows on the transition times are hammered out and like, you know, there, there's like priority lists that we want to get through. So this, this one is not like the highest priority, but it's things that 
we definitely want to get to at some point. I, I think one of the things that I really appreciate about what you've been saying, Mark, is that in my time working for companies, companies love to build a plan and then just be like, this is our plan for this year. And this is how we're going to execute it. And this is what's going on and all this stuff. One of the reasons why I think you know, one of the things that Mark and I have talked about a lot on the show and elsewhere is how often you see these like big companies like Blizzard kind of fall to a, a Larian Studios because uh, Larian who made Baldur's Gate because you just I, I think as things get more corporate, more rigid, more, you know, structured you just can't move as quickly and change things as you as much as you want. You're not as free. There's so many things that are decided by corporations and stuff, or not, uh, not corporations, committees. All this to say <clears throat> that I'm excited to hear that the LCS is willing to be nimble and fast and that you guys are not hard committing to specific things right now. You know, obviously, you're, you know, like hard commit to the live patch or whatever, but... Not like, and this is how all of our content will be. We need to do these exact same things. These types of, like, one show that's this, one show that's this, one show that's this. When I was at um, at Yahoo and at, at CBS Interactive, they love to talk about buckets. What are our three main buckets that all the content is going into? You're laughing, Covey, because you've probably heard this before, right? Yeah, I, I was digital market before, so yeah. Yeah. And what, buckets, yeah. What are, what are these what are these buckets standing for and stuff? And I think oftentimes trying to put so much struggle in kind of li or structure in kind of s makes creativity struggle uh, is what I meant to say. So I, I don't know. I'm excited to hear how, how much you guys are looking to flex. Cause I think the LCS is not in a situation. I, I feel where it can be like, well guys, we'll try this for this year. And if, it doesn't work then i guess in january of next year we'll try another thing you know it's it's got to be something where things are changing on a week to week basis a month to month basis and and ultimately a split to split basis so that's cool all right yep wizardly anything yeah. you want to add to anything we've said here uh no <laughs> okay anything i mean so you, so you answered yeah, because you answered, I guess I do have an add-on. Uh, you answered my question because you said um, you're talking about how much more stuff you want to do with the teams, like have them interact together, and that is something like a direction you want to take. Like they interact more, the teams interact more, like on screen, and we the fans get to see that. Yeah. Well, um, hey, I, I appreciate that. Uh, anything that you want to shout out here? Shout out uh, TGI Industries, amazing. Alienware, you're amazing. Um I had it. What else? Uh, that'll just be it. Um, thank you very much for having me. I've been a longtime fan. That's what I was going to do. Uh, Mark, I have a Yu-Gi-Oh card signed from you from 2018 Summer Finals. I can't wait for when you all come back to West Coast. Just Damn. very happy from that. Damn. 2018 Summer Finals was... What Yu-Gi-Oh card was it? Uh, was it Pot of Greed? Oakland? No, it was uh, uh, it was Oakland when Cloud9 got absolutely destroyed by Double Up and Impact. Um, it was a sad day. But yeah, it was 2018 Oakland. Very good. Well, hey, thank you so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Go, Alina. Where? All right. Uh, off Cubby goes to grab the next caller. Uh, Mark, Mark, how's it felt not having to do anything that I, you know, how, uh, how have it's, your breaks it's, been? It's been much more enjoyable. I just don't interact with Travis, and I just stare at the wall. All right, you guys can talk. I, I, I could get used to this. Yeah. <laughs>
It's also what happens when Mark comes over to hang out with me. I'll be like, Mark, you have to come to my white elephant, and he just won't interact with me, and he'll stare at a wall. It's uh, kind of strange. You, you know my complaints about your white elephant. Wait, that we don't do joke gifts? Yeah, they, they have to be serious, dude. The world has too much waste in it to waste money and resources on joke gifts. We don't like joke gifts? Gil is here. Gil, where are you calling from? Hey, good evening, guys. I'm calling from Grand Rapids, Michigan. From where, Michigan? Ooh. Sorry, you are really quiet. I'm turning up. Also, if you can get a little closer to your microphone, that would be great. I apologize. I'm getting You're closer. Good. Uh, I'm calling from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Grand Rapids, Michigan. All right, yes, and what do you want to talk about? So I got a question for Mark. How has your experience as a caster, host been like with the transition to an LCS commissioner? Um I guess I'd say it's not I it depends what you what you're asking exactly because if you're saying like how has it helped me? I I can go on that. But if you're saying like how does it directly relate? It's not very like personally um how has it helped you? The second part will be how has it not helped? But yeah. we'll get there. Well, I think um there's a lot of things it's hard to boil down obviously being close to the scene for a long time helps um having working relationships with a number of people already at riot and being able to kind of know them even if i didn't know exactly how riot as an org operated prior to joining properly uh i at least knew a lot of these people on a personal level and they're easy to, to talk to because of that uh i'm more forward facing than a lot of i think commissioners and people in the past would be partially due to feeling comfortable on camera. Um, you know, I don't think it's fair to judge someone who signed up to be a commissioner of somewhere else and they don't want to be like doing videos and content, all this stuff. Like that's something that, you know, the team is, is leaning on, like including me and things like that. So there's a number of those, those sorts of things that it's, it's being utilized. My, my previous ex, uh, work experience, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, is there a temptation mark to, I guess you, Based off what you were saying earlier, it sounds like you're trying to kind of avoid being too involved in the broadcast. Like, not just even on screen. I mean, like, literally in creative meetings or coming up with content or anything like that. It seems like you're you're intentionally walking away from that. As Yeah, I mean, I've, I've told you I've complained that you keep keep bugging me to do things with you, you know? Come, come do an interview. Come do Hotline League. Ugh. Yeah, uh, I know that as you've been there for three weeks, so the riot... De, uh, desire to avoid doing any content with third parties and to be lacking in transparency to just throw something up on lolliesports.com and uh, a shitty part of the website you can't find and also maybe throw a video out there and then refuse to elaborate. I know that's starting to set in, Mark, but I really do think it's going to be important for you to do content like this show sometimes. Yes, sometimes. I, I did one, what, a month ago? You need a second one already? You're hurting for content that bad? Uh, no, I mean, obviously, I, I intend to always be, like, communicative with the audience, um, and I always want to keep that portion up. I think with regards to just, like, comedic content or, like, these sorts of things, I don't think um, I really want to be overly utilized. And you're right. Like, I definitely want to start pulling back now that the season's starting. Like, it's not about me. <laughs> you know, like, it's it's really not it's about the pros and the teams and the league and all these sorts of things so like i'm happy to be utilized whenever people think it makes sense but yeah i'm not 
I'm not trying to do any of that stuff. And also, like I said before, there's tons of creative people who are making content every single week. And it's not just my vision. It's other people too that have, have really good ideas that we want to figure out how we can empower them to go and make those cool ideas. Um, so, yeah. I don't know, Cubby, if you have any follow-ups on this as talent who also is, cares a lot about their league. I, I, I obviously like there, this might be something that you can't share, but uh, like I always like to talk about like being in the weeds. Like Mark is definitely someone that was in the weeds. Um, but like from being in the weeds, like now getting to this job, is there anything that you thought was true as a caster that you find like very different or have a very different perspective on now? Or like, is there anything that like you have a greater appreciation for that like maybe you didn't appreciate as a caster? Yes, but I think the reason I didn't have insight into those before are the same reason I won't tell you now <laughs> on Hotline Great. League or anything. All right. Yes. Well, wait, but I, what is like, try, okay, give I us a vague example that's so vague. Like, what, are well, yeah, into like, budgeting or something? Or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah stuff, stuff like that, like org or chart, budgeting, like these sorts of things that, you know, like are not really need to know information for a freelance talent to, to know before uh, and not also super relevant to. Uh, you know, the, the audience listening. I'm, I'm sure everyone would enjoy learning it. Uh, but again, it's not necessarily need to know or something that should be should be. Mark, on. please so like, go over the entire cool org chart. Uh, yeah, you want to go org chart, budgeting. Um, actually, here sort of here's stuff. an onboarding process. Here's an interesting thing. I've seen this pop up a lot in comments and social media and stuff. I have no idea where it's coming from. But there's a lot of people who say that you actually can't do anything. You have no power. You are you are a figurehead and you can't actually impact anything, right? Like the, the commissioner actually doesn't do anything there or can't change anything or impact anything. So what, what would you say to people who have that opinion or whenever those comments pop up on Reddit and social media and elsewhere? Uh, keep watching. <laughs> that's what I'd say. Wait, that's Actually, like such a cop out, right? Like, is it? I guess, I guess, or like, is it a confidence i don't know you tell me well like whenever we see i know you want to give a lot of credit to the people that you work with and i think i've seen you do this a lot on this show even in our private conversations i think what is maybe relevant to people who are listening and who are curious about like what you can actually do i think is the is the idea of you know, what, what have we seen so far that was like a Mark idea? Like what have you been able, how, what have you been able to change? Even if it was with the help of really talented people who are also eager around you. Uh, well, I think a handful of the big changes, I guess you could say I was the primary driver behind. Um, yeah, I, like life, like I said, a lot of these things have existed before people have talked about them. Um, there's like, I would say like, I don't deserve very much credit at all for weekends other than being like another voice last year who thought we should go back to weekends, um, but as talent, but like that was, that's pretty worthless. <laughs> you know, like it wasn't like I was in the meeting rooms or designing the schedules or any of that sort of stuff. I have had some influence over the actual schedule, trying to balance out all the variables that are at play uh, and resources and those sorts of things. I... You know, like, I don't know. There, there's a lot of things that, like, you touch and influence and then people go out and, like, build them. Like, 
our comp ops teams are the ones really designing the workflows with engineering and broadcast on how exactly the transition time thing is going to happen. Fortunately, because I have a bit of a background in the competition side and a bit of a broadcast a background on the broadcast side, I'm able to like hold my own in those meetings and know what everyone's talking about more or less. But at one point, someone was referencing some tech, and I was like, I've never heard this term before. I have no fucking clue what this is. You tell me if this is possible or not. You know, like, <laughs> and and that's kind of where where the conversation goes from there. So you know, like, I don't know. Uh, I I the well, you mentioned strategy, the I weekend. Worked- the weekend thing, but like was live patch stuff, a Mark Zimmerman idea that you, you decided to change and then got people on board with or what? Yes. I, I'll just, okay. Like, it's, it's awkward. I'll be honest. It's awkward to say yes to something that also involved like a ton of people getting it done. Uh, directionally. Yeah. I pushed very hard for live patch. I pushed very hard for the transition time changes. Yeah. I, I guess you could say like, it's nice as the product lead to say our product wants to do this. Yes. I like I I'm not trying to to make you uncomfortable and I understand that you are trying to help make sure that other people don't feel like you're just hogging the spotlight but I do think that it it is relevant to people to understand how much power you have right because I think people are betting on you as fans like hey Mark's going to fix this you know and like not even just fans like I ran into somebody who works at LCS uh, when I was getting my haircut today, and this person was talking about how how excited they are for the new year and how they just feel like it was so good that you got the job. And so as the stuff is getting hyped up, you also have speculation on like, well, what can Mark even actually do? And so I think that's why this question is like, it pops up, right? Is because people want to know all right, we have faith in this guy, but also what are his capabilities in terms of, or not even his capabilities, but his his areas of influence? Like where where can he make things happen? Where does it can't? So, uh, but I, I understand the balance you're trying to strike in not being like, hey, thanks, I made all of this happen. I, yeah, I thought he was just that, that would be a lie if I said that. <laughs> if, if I said I made all this happen, that's a lie. Would it also um, be a lie but, to say you can't do anything? Yeah, yeah, that would also be a lie. That's why I said just 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 watch. If you like the changes, sick. If you don't, if you don't, and we'll we'll continue working on them. There's gonna be times like I think you know I, I've said a lot about we want to be fan fan focused, fan first, whatever you want to call it, and that's absolutely true. Um, but there's gonna be times where the fans are not gonna get what they want at some point. Or there's gonna be a controversy. Like how many years of the LCS has gone by without controversies or problems? Like zero, probably. And that's gonna be the case again. And I don't want people to think just because you know, like that the fan doesn't get what they want, that it, we're not acknowledging that or aware of that or like, oh, that wasn't a mark choice or that wasn't a mark. You know, like I don't want people to be trying to like weed out each specific instance of what was or what wasn't under my control or anything like that. I think. I, I mean, that, that's what you get paid for, you know, the 50 mil in the private jet to get up in front of the controversy and say, guys, this is yep. not us, right? That's this, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I get up there to, to dodge the bullet like Neo. And yeah. I, 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 I wanted bend the bullet to some other target. That's that's what they pay me for. No, yeah. no. I mean, you know, if there's yeah, I, I there'll be times and I'll go up there and there'll be some bad news and people will be upset at me and that's going to be fine. I'm not worried about it. You know, like that's going to happen at some point this year. Yeah. All right. Uh, Gil, I know we've gone way off of your your topic, but anything you want to add here at the end? Uh, no worries. Uh, I just wanted to ask Mark at the very end, after his legendary cover of 
Silver Scrapes. Does he plan to ever do another cover? Another cover after Silver Scrapes for those that can't hear. Do you mean like a new song or, or just re- perform it again? I mean, if you would love to perform it again, I think everybody would love to hear that again. I wouldn't. When, when NA is in the world finals, I'll fly out to whatever venue that's in. And sing the national anthem? No. <laughs> I can live with that. Besides, half of our pros are are going to be Canadian if we're ever in the world finals. Like you can do like, that. Single the sucks. Canadians care way that. less about that than the U.S. people care about the national anthem. Mark, you, you know? think half we of our pros are going to be Canadian? If we're ever in the world finals, it'll be Steve, and it's because he'll have finally figured out a way to have five non North American players on his team. Yeah, we don't talk about that, Travis. All right, all right, good point, good point. Gil, anything you want to shout out? I I want to give a big shout out to Cubby. Um, I think he's an amazing new host to the show. As a longtime listener, I'm so glad to have him a part of the crew. Oh, awesome. Thanks. Thanks, man. I uh, Yeah, that's nice to hear that. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much, Gil, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Have a great night, guys. Awesome. All right, we got three callers left. We'll speed it up a little bit so that Mark can get out of here maybe a little early. All right. Uh, here we go. Okay. Oh, wait, hold on. I actually have to go up there before I drag them in. We almost got out of the uh, order of operations there. No, you're good. Yeah. You're good. I know you're still learning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I skip around all the time for what it's worth back when I did it. it if I I forgot people's takes or I realized I pulled two <laughs> takes that are really similar, I'd jam another one in between them or something. Yeah. Nice. Just, nice. You can, I like that. Yeah. You can make people wait. Raz, Hi. thank you for rating us with 26 viewers. Uh, Mr. Big Nonsense, thank you for gifting a sub, and also thank you for subbing. Dark Tarkanis, thank you, and not even Stevens, thank you as well. Large power, thanks. Thank you to everybody for the subs. All right. I think we are almost here with our caller. Mark, you watch anything good recently? I hear the, the playings from Discord, so I'm not going to answer that question. All right. Our caller is here. Caller, what's your name and where are you from? My name is uh, Beans, calling from Pennsylvania. Beans from Pennsylvania. What do you want to talk about on the show? My take is that uh, Riot banning all live coverage of the NACL Open Qualifiers uh, is disrespectful to our, all parties involved in the production, including players, casters, producers, and anyone else who wanted to watch the games live. Uh, as an assistant team manager for one of the competing teams, it feels really disappointing that friends of mine who wanted to see my team play live and others can no longer do so. Can you elaborate a little bit on what this is, Beans? Yeah, so the Open Qualifiers is about, I believe it's 32 teams playing to go into the NACL, and it's kind of like a relegation system, and the top teams from the qualifiers play against uh, the bottom NACL teams after their uh, season. All right, and what happened with in terms of banning? So, from what I understand, um, it overlaps with LCS in terms of like the time slot because it got moved to the weekends. So Riot decided to say teams can't um, overlap with LCS time slot, even if it's going to have like five, ten, or fifteen viewers, and teams can't like stream their games basically. Uh, there are also, they aren't allowing players to stream their POV either. And like how, 
like for people that don't understand like how OQs work, I, I think Beans did a nice job of describing the system because it you ultimately get to play against the bottom two challenger league teams to take their spot if you are a top four OQ team over the two splits. Um but the they made a change which I think is good, which is to move it on weekends because it will enable more players to more easily compete. Um but LCS had a ruling uh, that because LCS will be going on, they will not allow for content to be published, to my understanding, until the week. So not over the Saturday, Sunday while they're competing. Uh, they'll have to wait until LCS is over to publish any content involving OQs. So there can't be live coverage, pretty much. Well, I like that the spiciest question and call we've had so far is about NACL, and I wonder if that has anything to do with the person picking the uh, the takes. It got a lot of reactions in the Discord. It was like it was like ten of two different emotes. All right, you've I, learned I, well I, from Mark. That was choice. Yeah, is, hey, you you pull the people's choice topics. Go the ahead. People's choice. Uh, uh, it relates to to me. We talked me and Zach about this stuff, uh, and we went back and forth. Um, this is something. You know, you said uh, there's no streaming allowed. I would, you know, I'm technically, it's Martin Luther King Day, so I, I'm not going to go ping people at work or something. Um, you know, I don't want also want to commit on a live broadcast, but we can talk more about uh, maybe some options for like family and friends watching. Like uh, technically, you're not supposed to stream the tournament realm, but guess what? There's tons of internal scrim uh streams for analysts who are not there to watch and things like that um you know if if maybe this ruling has somehow included those sorts of things i think that would be looked at um i think there's also a feeling of like getting more eyeballs on these sorts of viewership of the nacl open qualifiers if the lcs is on um if people would be less likely to watch those things uh was also like there's, there's a pro and a con to each. Like, yes, if you're on weekends and it's live, that's obviously really good for people. But also, if there's fans of the LCS who might be interested in this and the LCS is on, it's it's hard for them to watch both at the same time and they probably wouldn't. Um, so we, we were trying to take account of how the viewership would flow both ways. Um, and I would have to check if for some reason we said like private streams wouldn't be allowed. Um, which I, I don't private streams know why that would. Yeah. 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 So... With regards to friends and family, I would I would think that there's there's probably a solve there. Um, Whoopley is know. in. He's not saying anything, but I see him in the user list for Twitch. Yeah, chat. well, that's why I don't, the other thing is tier two is is technically his purview, so I don't want to say um, I don't want to speak for him. Uh, technically, it's also something that he and I collaborate on with any anytime our products are interacting. So we'll we'll probably talk on Tuesday, and you know if there's a something that needs to get adjusted it'll be adjusted or clarified or whatever so um i mean is yeah, this i think mark is there i'm trying to understand what the concern here is because like i i have a hard time imagining that like and and i mean no disrespect to the, our caller and the nacl open qualifiers but i have a hard time imagining that like this would be even a blip on the of an impact on the lcs viewership um yeah like we're talking so, about like yeah, a fraction you're right. of a percentage oh, you're right you can say that yeah yeah so I mean, like I, I think oh sorry it, i don't so i don't know if it's like precedent setting concerns or <laughs> mark, mark also now messing with his cat or something <laughs> no this got stuck in my chair oh. sorry no i'm listening I got this, that's the power of the bluetooth headset that i can i can do two things at no once. it's just fun. it was just funny because i'm like well i have to i have to now ask I mark a pretty tough I'm, question I'm i look attention. over and you're in your 
your old lady Valentine's blanket, like hunched yeah. over trying to wrestle so, something so, out. It's just very funny. So I, I will say that like on this topic, I did link a community tweet that had a screenshot of the announcement made in the Discord. Um, and the, the current plan right now is to have observers be able to record the VODs uh, so that people could use it off of like the YouTube channel, like still make content over it. It's like the big thing is that it's just live coverage. Um, and I know that right now, like given the plan, uh, OQs will be happening over the weekend. And it's not just an LCS thing. It's also that OQs used to be broadcasted uh, last year on LCS underscore challengers uh, on Twitch. And the OQs would be before the challengers league games. Now it's going to be LCS games in the challengers games. Like the OQs just do not have a home during the day. Uh, the home would have like, likely be you know the lcs challengers channel or other unofficial streams uh during the day but they aren't going to allow unofficial streams of this either so yeah uh yeah i mean i'll i'll admit that like this is not the thing that i have know the most about yeah, yeah. <laughs> with regards to the tier two scene so like um i think also like we said before we're pretty pretty fluid and nimble so like um i can say like as as the lcs product my concern is not that a couple 10 to 20 view streams are going to sabotage our viewership or anything like that. That is not, as far as I'm aware, the concern. But, you know, uh, there, there's probably some factors here I'm not aware of that I don't want to, like, put my foot in my mouth and commit to, like, solving this problem. Yeah, if there's there, a reason that it exists in the first place that I don't know about. Will you look I, into I think, it tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, why not? Why wouldn't I? I, I think that there is, like, uh, I don't want to, I, I don't know the contract either, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of exclusivity agreement uh, with Rally Cry, like, who's covering this. It could be something like that, too. So Yeah, there, there might be some paperwork, and maybe we, yeah. we we can draft up an addendum. Like, I don't know. Like, I'll just say that there's there's yeah. things like this where I have to do research before I, I commit to something. What do, you, what do you think, Caller? Are you still heated? Um, no, I mean, I understand. It's just the thing about like the number of viewers like taking away from it like in the official riot announcement it says like um given the number of changes the lcs implementing the split we want to ensure that we get the best data possible around the lcs changes and minimize variables that could affect it so the minus 20 viewers is kind of a bit of a strange uh, way of okay so it. zach threw it's mark the, the under official... the bus is what happened here <laughs> No, no, it's NACL just the official... was like, yeah, it's those fuckers at LCS. Like, they're screwing us over. The official announcement is, is kind of coming off like we don't want to impact the data in any way. So the, you know, 20 people that aren't going to watch it anymore is just a weird uh, way of going about it, I guess. Yeah. Hey, at least 50, all right? Well, let's, give, let's give Tier 3 some credit here. Well, true, right? true. For the big games. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, again, I don't... We're, I know we're memeing about the viewership here, but like... There are some decent sized streamers who get viewership, you know, like, I don't know if Viper, like what he's up to, he's on, uh, I know an Academy team or a NACL team. I don't know if they're playing mm -hmm. the open qualifiers and if he's streaming and we allow that to a thousand people, that seems kind of weird. So like there, I don't know like what the projected viewership of these things were. I'm sure um, I, I would assume that exists, you know, maybe someone yeah. maybe, like, like we're memeing the 20 person, like, you know, young kid in college turning his stream on. But like, there are also legitimately decent sized creators in, in tier two that we would, I, I don't know. Like I, this is something yeah. that again, I'm just not super confident on. So like, I don't want to just meme, oh, 50 viewers when there's, there's other legitimate ones. 
that that maybe would be well we've raked yeah. you over the coals enough on this i feel like we're not gonna it sounds like you gotta look into it tomorrow and hopefully we'll get some sort of follow-up yeah, whatever but, uh but beans thank you so much for the call anything you want to shout out before you go uh yeah shout out uh cubby for supporting uh tier two and tier three for such a long time and shout out my uh nacl oq team uh team fish taco yeah good luck to split thank you very much yeah yeah uh, thank you so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Have a good one. Okay, awesome. Thank you. All right. Uh, all right, so you want to go grab the next one, Cubby? Yes, I fire away. Gotcha. Okay, we have... Oh, no. Nobody else for me to shout out on the sub or YouTube front, so I'll just mention that it, you can become a member of the YouTube channel for as little as $2.99. Doing so allows you to see new content uh, before it's released. So I would go check that out. You could have actually watched my video to Mark or, or my interview with him uh, the night before those things went live. Actually, the interview was two days before. So it's just a great way to support the channel over on YouTube. And if you do become that, uh, it also, if you're watching live there, it helps you, it gives you like some icons and stuff. Over on Twitch, you can hover your cursor over the screen to find a button that will allow you to send a Prime sub. If you want to sub to the channel for free uh, with Prime, that would be swell as well. Doing so supports the content, and uh, <clears throat> I'm going to need a lot of support this year um, to not to not be in a rough spot. But I appreciate whatever support you all give me. It's fine. Uh, thank you for the or this week. We got another caller here. Caller, what's your name and where are you from? Hello, it's uh, Ezekiel from the uh, the sewers of Minnesota. Ezekiel from the sewers of Minnesota. What do you want to talk about on the show? I think this is the take that uh, he brought me in for. Uh, Mark, uh, I called in, uh, I think it was like two or three times ago. And uh, Mark expressed interest in the idea of having uh, more EU versus NA games throughout the year uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, and I'm so I'm wondering is, uh, one, is that still a possibility? And two, also possibly versus South America because they have very like a you know invested uh, uh fans sorry I was being a keyboard warrior a little bit something about EU versus NA more more matches what you what was the uh, the, the was question there... was can we get more they you said you called in previously with this take right caller uh yeah and we talked about this before it was after just after worlds okay so after worlds and you said you like the idea of more NA and EU matches, and maybe even matches against South America, yes? Yeah. Uh, Mark and, at that time had expressed that he liked that idea, and so I'm wondering, one, is that still a thing that he likes, and two, uh, is that something possible for this year? Now as a commissioner, he fucking hates the idea. It's terrible. No. What, what, do you, what do you think, Mark? No, I think uh, I still think that more cross-regional play is fun and interesting. I think the Golden Guardians versus BDS match was, even though terrible for us, was was a lot of fun. Um, I would still want to find ways to make that happen. Uh, anytime you have cross-region play, obviously it exponentially increases the amount of variables you need to juggle to make anything like that happen, regardless of schedule and budget. And what are the teams doing? Is that they're off week and now you're just making them play some match? How does it tie into the broader uh, importance of each split? If it doesn't, then maybe people troll. We had Battle of the Atlantics before, which were just kind of dropped in the middle of a split that people didn't care about. Um, and, you know, like that was a can of worms. So, like, 
if you're going to do this, you have to do it correctly. And that, like I said, is, is pretty difficult. I think conceptually and philosophically, I like the idea. Um, but who knows, you know, how, how hard that is to actually pull off. Well, I, I should say, I should say, who knows? It is very hard to pull off. Okay. So is that a, it's so hard that like this year, do not expect that. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I would say don't expect that. Uh, I don't want to set any false expectations. I think it would be much more of a 2025 solve if at all. Um, yeah. But, and this is an area where it's hard for you to make this decision for the LCS. Yes. Mark, Cause you now have yes. to, you get into the global world. Yeah. And even in a world where like, the LEC and us align. We have to make sure that the global is fine with it, that we're not stepping on like the toes of other things, um, that our teams would be interested, that each each group's you know partners would be like, oh yeah, I'd love to sign up for a best of whatever tournament in December when I'm trying to build my team. Or like, no, I don't want it after MSI because my guys are recovering. You know, like there's just a lot of reasons that something like this can die. And, and like, that's the reason a lot of ideas die is because you just need like one party to not sign off on it when you're trying to get buy-in from like, five or six different groups of people. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much caller for the take. Anything that you want to shout out before we go on to our final caller? Uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you for uh, all the callers that are roasting Mark Z. He deserves it. And uh, I appreciate everyone. <laughs> Agreed. I agree. That's a great shout out. Thank you for the call. <laughs> all right. Uh, he does deserve it. Cubby, you want to grab the last caller? All right. Thank you to Whoopsie Daisies for the sub and Poggies Woggies for the sub. And then thank you over on YouTube. We had Dustin Endo drop a membership and King Manchi with the five gifted. Thank you very much. Um, oh, and Ezreal Auditore. Thank you for the prime as well. We're going to, I'm after this, please stick around on Twitch because uh, I'm going to, uh, do a quick bounty that'll take about two minutes and then afterwards we will do uh, some chill sort of like pack opening stuff for the people that are down to stick around for that um, we've got our next caller here caller what do you want to talk about on the show and oh sorry and what's your name um, and where are you from uh, well my name is Ordiales and I'm calling from Monterrey Mexico um, and my call is about uh, LCS fans should start harping about international success and should focus more on having a healthier ecosystem, like a better player, player retention, team fandom, and just um, yeah, making the players feel welcome in the league. You're saying the fans should be better about this? Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. All right. Do you want to elaborate on this? Why do you feel like they need to do this? Well, first of all, I, I want to make a little bit more of a point on the, the international success. I think a lot of people are very focused on that. And that does, in my experience, that doesn't necessarily mean much. My experience is that, uh, for example, Mexico goes to the World Cup in soccer every year. And the fandom on soccer on these countries is, is nuts. So... And we get knocked out like pretty fast. And each year we have hope and we and we continue like uh, having fandom. But but I feel like there's a lot of people that have this um, this expectation that we should um, 
um, beat LEC at least, and if not, it's a total failure. And and I think that the expect the expectation on last worlds was uh, quite like adequate uh, to to say it somehow. Um, and energy beat uh, G two, and and it's been celebrated like the the win that it is, and I think it should continue that way. And the the other side is just like being more welcome for players to so that they don't. Uh, Boomerang away, like Quid, for example, that I think he's getting a lot of criticism. Yeah, so it's funny. I see a lot of people saying that this is like a paid caller from my end, but <laughs> I think it's interesting because you you put this more on the fans than on the teams. Like my frustration has always been with the teams that will have intense roster instability, but you you look at this more from like a fan perspective, caller. Yeah, I I think that that. I think that the teams will do um, what they need to do to win more. Uh, if they can, if they have the TL uh, philosophy of just signing a big, uh, big name player to the roster and try to win now, I think that's that's a uh, in on their end. I, I think that makes sense. But having the fan sentiment not be like, like um, well, welcoming, for example. Um, I think Pioshik was a, a great addition, and he did receive um, a lot of uh, a lot of praise when he got in. But halfway through the split, um, he he lost a lot of uh, he he fell he fell out of grace with the with the fandom. I feel like so I think that the teams should should encourage uh, having uh, players uh, around longer. But I think that the that's not an inner power, right? What's inner power is like uh, being more welcome to to the players and make them feel welcome so that they want to stay longer. Does that make sense? Yeah, Cubby, I know it's been Mark bouncing around for a bit. What do you what do you think of this take? Um, I mean, I I think expectations are fun. Like, I agree that like you know NRG I think surpassed expectations at Worlds. Like, I think the NA's performance was more than adequate. I think that there's something uh, reasonable to say for, like, um, fans have more reasonable expectations. And for me, it's, like, I think that you have to build, like, from the bottom up. And, like, I I've I've talked about this a lot, like, in terms of the league on, on my stream. Like, what I think about, like, what makes a successful, you know, like, League of Legends ecosystem. For me, it's, like, it is having a strong, like tier three like, I, I think that one of the big differences that you get with players here versus players in korea or china is like when they get exposed to coaching uh it's a lot earlier in like like you're getting exposed to coaching at like the age of 13 14 like if you're really good in like some of these training programs and here you may not get exposed to coaching until like you enter an oq team uh like and play at that high that's a really high level to play at and a lot higher than like what a lot of kids will face um over in korea so um I, I do think that like there's something to be said like if you are able to do that then like the odds of you having higher player retention go up because like there's a more solid base and like people are more prepared hopefully when they do hit the big stage like I think something that we've really seen is um you know like a player like Dokola or Fake God like they were LCS pros for a short amount of time and then they went back through the system because like in that short amount of time like they weren't good enough and now like when they're back through the system like Doko just won, and I have a lot of faith in Fake God to be good in LCS this upcoming split. And I think from talking with both of them, they realized, like, hey, 
this is the work ethic that I need to be a pro like in this space, right? Not to just be good for like one patch, one split or one year, but this is what I need to be good on any patch or any split in any year. Um, so I, I do think that like building from the ground up like matters a lot. And I, I do think like fans expectations are somewhat reasonable. I also think that expectations are fun. Like we just hope that team USA makes the world cup. And there has been a lot of work that team USA put in to like revamp the soccer system below uh, that like is actually helps like team USA start to perform better like on the international format, right? And then like then you can raise expectations because uh, they actually took a very much like grassroots approach and a lot more similar to like what team USA hockey does, where they kind of keep players in a similar class. Like they have players come in together and then they play together for a few years. Like then they mix the team only at the end, uh, where you get the best talent, uh, which kind of helps build cohesion like how to play as a team and everyone. You get like a lot closer bonds, uh, like in that, which is what these teams have figured out. So, um, I do think it's interesting, and I very much believe that like building from the bottom up is always the way, uh, to like like build stuff that can withstand anything. I appreciate, it. Mark. What do you think? I think teams are uh, able to do what they want. Fans should say what they want. You know, people should. Uh. I admit, I was a little distracted. Yeah, France won 3 They fucking suck as a country, don't you know? <laughs> what is the context of that conversation? K-Corp. They won 3 They're France. Come on. No, I know that, but I mean, yeah. uh, how's that how's that tie to the, the point about teams changing players too quickly? Oh, I mean, you're talking about expectation, that. you know? I, uh, I, I want to have as I France shouldn't be 3 Come on. What is this, history? <laughs> I look Jesus. forward to seeing your uh, DM history after this episode yeah, thank comes you. out. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Yeah, you know, I Dom, say Dom's done dealing with the K Corp fans. I'm not. I'm engaging in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny because all the LCS people are like, "Man, I wish we had that." And I, sometimes I look at those tweets and those replies and stuff, and I'm like, mm, "I'm okay for right now." Um, <laughs> yeah, I look your da- uh, caller. Sorry, I'm 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 just a little. Uh, I I think the fans will sort of lead the teams a bit but i think teams more than anything can lead the fans and the broadcast can lead the fans and so i do i i personally think like yes it is great to say hey fans should be more welcoming fans should be more open to the stuff but ultimately i think the like the the league and teams have moved away from what fans have wanted for a while and that is why i so often put the onus there rather than on fans um so I, but I do appreciate the sentiment, which is like, we should be more welcoming. We should be more open, that type of stuff. So thank you though, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we uh, say goodbye? Uh, first of all, Alienware. Um, I've been watching this show, uh, I think since its inception and Alienware has been a, a really big part of it. So I appreciate that. Also Mark C. I, when I started watching, I, I thought that he was the only one making sense on the analyst desk, not to flame anybody, <laughs> but he 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 talked to yeah, he talked to me on a personal level, and um, yeah, and my friends on on Lee uh, tiltiados.com, and uh, yeah, have a great night. Thank you so much for the call. I I feel so bad when I was picking up this call. I was saying your dials, and it's your your dials. <laughs> I get it how it's spelled. Yeah, it, it's always interesting it because you don't have context on yeah. where what somebody's like handle is and you know what where where they're from in the world and all that until you ask them yeah. and so it's it could be it could yeah. be tough. Uh, all right, that is the show. Please stick around. 
on stream if you're watching live. I uh, really would appreciate that. If you don't watch, if you aren't watching live, please come watch live. We'd love to have you. Uh, it's twitch.tv slash Travis Gaffer. Just toss me a follow. That way you'll get a notification. I don't go live that often, so you won't get spammed if you have notifications on. Um, but yeah, usually it's once to three times a week or so. Uh, we'd love to have you join us. 7 p.m. Pacific uh, is when we do this on Mondays. And the next episode will be after the start of LCS. So we'll be able to call in and that episode can be about how Mark fucked up the LCS and everything was terrible the first weekend. Uh, Cubby, what do you want to shout out, plug? What do you got for us? Uh, not much. Uh, thanks, Mark, uh, for joining us. Um, everyone's been saying that, you know, Mark looks good this episode. Uh, so, you know, if people just want to say that Cubby has nice hair. I feel like Mark, you really upgraded your hair game on this episode, uh, from like what, but you know, usually it's kind of you know, everywhere. I, anyway, I, I feel like that that could be good. Uh, no, thanks for joining us. Uh, best of luck to split being commish. Um, and I'll have the LCS tier list up on Travis's channel later in the week. I have a first draft waiting. Uh, and then, yeah, we'll see you guys on uh, challenges broadcast later in the week. Yeah, Mark, what do you want to plug? Uh, plug showers. I showered after uh, being at Huntington Beach all day. Nice. The, the Huntington Library, excuse me, uh, whatever it's called. Uh, so yeah, that's why the, the hair is, I guess, not looking like it's been under a hat or like with product in it for seven hours in a row. It's typically how it looks. Uh, but yeah, shout outs to Cubby for stepping in uh, to Hotline League. He's done a great job, I think. Travis, uh, you're there. That's still true. Um, and shout out to all the fans for calling in, giving questions. Uh, my first time doing this as commissioner, so I'm sure I can get better in the future. So just looking at uh, that kind of stuff. And otherwise, just fucking watch this Saturday at noon. 1 slash 20, 12 p.m. PST. Do it. And and by the way, uh, it has been a mark, a triple mark day for or triple days of mark for my content where we did the video to mark then the interview now this uh we're gonna we're gonna get rid of mark for a bit we won't see him I'll, i won't pester him again probably until finals unless there's some big pressing scandalous reason for me to try to drag him onto the show or in an interview but uh he you you'll have to get used to not seeing him around for a bit even though he's been around for a while he's got he's got a job to do i'm gonna let him do it uh but other than that thanks mark for coming on uh on your day off i'm sorry that we dragged you on here but now you know what it's felt like for all of our guests that have had to come on on Mondays. <laughs> Thank you, more. Yeah, true. All right, uh, everyone, that's Hotline League. We'll see you all next time.